what goes up must come down. Welcome to the Brand Breakdown. I'm Michelle. And I'm Courtney. And this is where we're going to track the rise and fall of big brands, from companies to celebs to pop culture phenoms and everything in between. Let's get started. So I'm so excited about this episode today. Um, We're doing Halloween as a brand, which I'm thrilled because I love Halloween and I love that it's a brand and I love that we can um, drop it right before Halloween so everybody gets a good listen. I know, it's um, exciting. It is exciting. We've been talking about doing this for weeks, so I'm glad we're we're getting a chance to to lay it down. So I want to talk a little bit about why we even can do Halloween on the brand breakdown at all. And because people are like, why are you doing Halloween? Like, that's not a brand. Wrong. Halloween is totally a brand. (laughs) Are you laughing at me because you can see me? No, no. I I gesticulate. Um, So do I. (laughs) You should see. If you could see me when we're doing the royal ones, I think I'm trying to fly away. (laughs) Well, so I'm a total gesticulator. And I think that that's a good thing. doesn't bother me. I love it. Um, So... I'm sure everybody knows, especially if you're listening in, but a brand is just a product or a service that has a unique and immediately recognizable um, identity that distinguishes itself from others in the industry, like Nike or like Adidas or um, what's another brand? The Golden Arches. The Golden Arches or Wendy's or anything like that. You immediately know what that is. Well, it's the same thing with Halloween. I mean, it's a brand for sure. Um The number one reason is because it's so commercial. So when you think about Halloween, like think about the costumes and the decorations and the candy and all that. Halloween, $4.1 billion a year just on costumes Um, and on candy, $3.1 billion a year, which I'm pretty sure that my son consumes most of that. (laughs) He is a big, he's a big candy person. Uh, all the theme products. So if you look at everything that gets released um, for Halloween, so all the fun size chocolates, all the pumpkins, the beverages, the clothing, all the home decor. Right now, I have a pillow sitting downstairs in my living room that's got a big pumpkin on it. And it says, hashtag blessed. Which so, <laughs> is like a little, little joke in our family. Um, but anyway, total pumpkins all over my house. I've got witches all over my house. I'm sure you guys have decorated for Halloween. I'm sure kids have. They're young. We did it literally today. So, mm. you know, last minute per usual. But yeah, we the, we have new neighbors who moved in and they decorated a couple weeks ago and they went like all out. And nobody on our street really does, but they're also the only people who have kids. And so my kids were like, can we please decorate the outside of the house? And usually we put like bats up in the playroom and stuff. And I was like, okay, we can we can decorate the outside so we have some ghosties hanging from trees and glow-in-the-dark ghosts like all along the walkway. I didn't do too much because I was like, I don't – it's a week. It's going to last for a week. <laughs> but the kids are psyched. Did you carve pumpkins? Yes. We carved pumpkins last weekend. So we so we actually painted pumpkins. We haven't carved them yet. We painted pumpkins. And then, speaking of the commercialization, one of – are actually both my kids really like Paw Patrol. So we bought this kit where you paint the pumpkin red and then it's one of the Paw Patrol characters and it's like his face and his feet and you stick them into the pumpkin so you don't have to carve it, but it makes the whole pumpkin the character. So we did that. 
and then we put it outside stupidly and it rained so all the paint washed off <laughs> oh man so we oh, were like man. it's okay we'll paint it again and we're we have some bigger pumpkins that we're going to carve this weekend so yeah we'll carve and um, we'll carve we haven't carved them yet it's been kind of a crazy october for us but we will carve them this weekend and we also put out a turquoise pumpkin i don't know if you know mm-hmm. what that is yeah. yeah so my my son has um peanut and tree nut allergies and so oh and you're you know you you too so mm-hmm. we always put that out For so egg. people know that yeah so people know that we are allergen friendly which i love that that they even do that so that makes me happy but that is part of a brand that turquoise mm-hmm. pumpkin the orange pumpkin putting the pumpkins out that's all kind of part of the halloween brand um beyond that i mean think about just the charlie brown halloween special um Oh, yeah. We haven't watched that's it a, this year. I know. That's 100% um, themed and has been around. Oh, my gosh. It was probably the 60s mm-hmm. that that special came out, I think. Hmm. Six, I think so. I haven't haven't looked. Let's I'll look it, I'll up. Look it up. 1966. Um, yeah. It's so the, our, it's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. 1966. Right. So, which was, you know. I think from the 50s, the 1950s going forward, Halloween was really commercialized in the U.S. Um, and then franchise creations for horror flicks like Halloween, which we'll get to a little bit more of that later. Um, Halloween Horror Nights, which I was just there last weekend, um, and it was amazing. We had the best time. It was completely terrifying, 100% terrifying. Um, I screamed a lot, and I got a bad headache from all the screaming, um, but it was super, it was super duper fun. So uh, all the cultural integration of Halloween, like think about like everything that we just talked about, pumpkins, witches, ghosts, everything is kind of in your collective consciousness for Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everything that people do. But where did it on- start? But where did it start? So where did it start? Like so how did we a- go from... Like, who one day was the first person to be like, like, why? Like, why was someone one day like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to throw the sheet over my head and go knock on my neighbor's door and make them give me some candy. Like, how did we get there, Michelle? I'm going to scare the crap out of them. Well, okay, so it started. So Halloween, as it started, um, had its roots in pagan, Celtic, and early Christian traditions. Easy for me to say. Um, and the earliest was about 2000 years ago and it was, uh, Sawin, which is, it looks like it's Sam Hain, but it's pronounced Sawin. And that originated about 2000 years ago in Celtic Ireland. So it was really the, the switch from summer to winter. So it was the lighter half of summer to the darker half of winter, but it also traditionally was where people believed that, the space between worlds like our world and other worlds or our worlds and the after world or the underworld was kind of at its thinnest. So that's where ghosts and spirits and things like that could kind of come through. So they did a lot of things to mitigate that or pay homage to that, you know, whichever way you want to look at it around October the 31st. So it was the harvest season and in many cultures, it's that way. It wasn't just Celtic Ireland. The Scottish did it, and a lot of Europeans did it. They celebrated it. 
And they believe that on Samhain, that that boundary would allow souls of the deceased to return to the world of the living, which is a little scary, right? So they would want to honor those ancestors and also fear the the ones, the malevolent spirits that could come through. So to in order to keep that from happening, Celtic priests would light these huge bonfires, which were believed to have sort of cleansing and protective powers. And I'm sure you've been to a bunch of bonfires around Halloween. It's kind of yeah. a big thing. Um, they also sacrificed animals. Oh. So, yeah, oh. they, that, right? Okay. Um, but but a lot of times um, it was they would slaughter livestock and they'd kind of cast them in this sort of community or communal fire, um, and then um, they would prepare food. Though I mean I I would think that they they maybe would use some of the animal for food. Um, I don't really know if they did, but I do know that they were sacrificed, and then they would prepare food for the dead and food for the live and food for the ancestors. Um, and it was kind of ritually, ritually shared. Um, I, I, I will say that I have seen that in many cultures and kind of been a, a witness to um, traditions that where people were making those kinds of sacrifices. I've seen some of that in real life and they firmly oh. believe a hundred percent that what they're doing is honoring the dead and, um, helping spirits to pass on and helping evil spirits to go away. So it's, it's definitely, it's definitely a thing. Um, I will take their word for it on that. <laughs> yeah. It's not my, not my yeah. idea of a good time, but okay. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's a little freaky. Um, the costume. So the evolution of the costumes, people would dress in costumes to ward off unwanted spirits. Like uh, typically those costumes would be like animal heads or skins because they believed um, that if they weren't recognizable, then the the spirits wouldn't sort of stick to them or um, follow them, etc. cetera. Um, and then, um, then around the eighth century. So, you know, there's people say, well, how did Halloween go from Samhain to Christian to, um, mm -hmm. you know, 20th and 21st century American. Um, in the 8th century, one of the popes, I think it was Gregory III, declared that November 1st was going to be All Saints Day, which was a day to honor saints and martyrs. And these celebrations borrowed, loosely, uh, from Samhain traditions and then incorporated them. You know, Christians love to appropriate other people's cultures and traditions <laughs> and call them their own. We have a history of that. Yes, unfortunately. Then, <laughs> yes, unfortunately. So the day before All Saints Day became known as All Hallows Eve, which later became known as Halloween. So that's how Halloween became Halloween. From Samhain to All Hallows Eve to Halloween. So interesting. I know it's pretty cool. So in the 19th century, a lot of Irish people immigrated to the U.S. and then America, especially during the time of famine during the 1840s. And they brought all of those Halloween traditions here, our Samhain traditions here, and um, it became one of the major holidays. So it kind of blends this Celtic supernatural with Christian saints, which also can be supernatural. And over time, like these pagan customs were integrated into the Christian practices or they were abandoned. 
And, you know, it still persists today. So I want to talk about one of my favorite opening scenes in a television show that talks about Samhain. Have you seen Outlander, the show Outlander? Yes. Yes, I sure have. Okay. So do you remember in the opening that was the pilot, the pilot episode in the opening 20 minutes when Mm -hmm. um, Claire and Frank, and if you guys have never watched Outlander, Shout out to my friends at Outlander. We love you. We're excited for the eighth season some someday. And uh, <laughs> if you've never watched it, you you should. It's on Stars. You can get it on Prime. It's it's amazing. But anyway, I think it's on first, Netflix now too. Yeah, it is. It I think is the first Netflix. five second uh, five seasons on Netflix. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, so anyway, in the first. In the first few minutes of episode one, Claire and Frank, who are two of the main characters, Claire being the main character, go to Scotland to kind of, I think they're kind of researching Frank's heritage. Mm -hmm. And they go in and they learn about the traditions of Samhain from, um, they're English, from uh, like someone who's running the inn, the local inn. But then they sneak up to a place where there's some ancient stones, like kind of think Stonehenge, but in... Scotland, um, to watch this this tradition, this Samhain tradition of these beautiful ladies dancing to kind of pay homage to, um, you know, the spirits and whatever. It is so beautiful and kind of sexy. And, you know, they're, <laughs> well, it is, I mean, you know, it is like, you know. The whole show, the whole show the whole, has a kind of whole, sexy vibe. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the whole show is a little sexy, um, but it's really beautiful. And then later, and I don't, I don't think I'm giving anything away when I say that Claire falls through time, but it's, no. I think that all kind of mixes together with that sort of Samhain, you know, we're in another world, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so if you've never watched that, it it gives a really lovely explanation of what it is and and how it how it happens. Uh, another thing that's associated with Halloween that, you know, we love these pumpkins, but they were also called jack-o'-lanterns originally. And there's a whole tale in Ireland of a guy called Stingy Jack who tricked <laughs> the devil and ended up wandering the earth with a burning coal inside a turnip. Uh, this led right. to the tradition of carving faces into turnips, which eventually evolved into pumpkins because I feel turnips, like turnips are real small, right? Turnips are a like, lot smaller. Like, um, how big would the face be? <laughs> like, it's like here, use this like toothpick to like carve out some eyes. I know. Um, and then there's like, how did trick or treating become part of the, the deal? Well, the Celts left out food for the spirits, like we talked about with the sacrifice. And then the Scottish did what's called guising, which was like songs and jokes or prayers so that they would re- receive treats. And then I love this word, bell snickling was when children were in disguise and were rewarded for remaining unrecognized. So I think I'm going to oh. bell, bell snickle uh, next week. So, on like Halloween. the first generation of a costume contest right who has right. the most convincing costume contest that's okay. right and bell they would get snickling bell snickling and i don't know how to say it if i'm scottish because i'm i'm not scottish so if anyone knows how to you know if i'm saying it incorrectly and someone knows better than i then please you know let us know that looks like it should be a german word bell snickling 
Bell Snickling. Uh, I don't know. You can look that up. Um, So then, you know, we also have the black cats. So those were medieval links to witchcraft, the feline symbols of spookiness. And then black and orange representing the death of summer and then the harvest. Bobbing for apples, which was a Roman courting game related to Pomona, the goddess of agriculture, which makes sense to me. And then the whole pranking thing came about from um, Devil's Night Mischief, where you know, pranks sort of have their historical ties and like May Day and things and things like that. So then in, in bat, like bats, you know, you always have bats in Halloween mm-hmm. that came from the bonfires of Samhain mm-hmm. when bats became, um, they were attracted to those bonfires. So then they kind of oh. became part of the tradition as well. Um, but the candy, I mean, you could get treats, but the candy didn't really happen until like the mid 20th century and then started to dominate in the seventies. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so the candy. Came I guess I didn't realize that that part is so n- new, relatively. Yeah, yeah. So hmm. treats. I mean, maybe a treat, you know, for someone two hundred years ago might have been like, you know, a potato, um, and, and now it's a now it's Reese's Yum. Pieces. Um, I mean, you know, I like a potato. Dip it in some sour cream, call it a day. But anyway, so Halloween first kind of came to the U.S. in the mid-1800s through these Scottish and Irish immigrants. And um, kind of the dark side of it is it was at that time they would dress in costume, but it was more about pranks than it was about, in, you know, having this lovely time. And there was a lot of vandalism and there were still wagons then and the wagons would get stolen and there'd be like a bun of, bunch of mischief. And then when automobiles came along, they were a little more destructive where they would do things to the automobiles. And then during the Great Depression, it was really violent. So uh, that was one of the ways in which the Halloween brand was really tarnished because um, Mm -hmm. in the Great Depression, they considered banning it because it was so violent. People would would do the the tricks were not just rolling your yard. I mean, they were doing real destruction and burning things and breaking things. And yeah, there was a lot, a lot of vandalism. It was, it was a big deal. So on that same note, Halloween also at some point kind of got associated with evil. Um, I'm sure you kind of um, have watched all. What the are you movies. saying? I'm saying you watched. <laughs> like, I'm all sure the you have movies. lots of experience in being evil. <laughs> oh, um, all right. I'm sure that you have lots of experience with horror movies. I don't honestly. I, I know. Think you, I get I know you too don't scared. Love them. I watch them. My hands covering my face, and I cry. So <laughs> they're Aww. not fun for me. I'm like a. I'm like a. If we're going to watch something mildly scary or stressy, I make my husband keep all the lights on. And so then, you know, horror movies tend to be really dark. And so we can barely even see the screen (laughs) because I have like every light in the house on. And he's like, this is not fun. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's really not. It's not a good time for me. But Uh, I don't don't do stressy. Why do you love horror movies? Well, so I don't. So I do and I don't. So it's a it's a love-hate for me. So there's this podcast um that Freddie Prince Jr. does called That Was Pretty Scary. And he reviews like all of the all of the horror movies, maybe ever. Like he's he did Halloween last week. He did Trick or Treat a couple of weeks ago. There it's really great. It's like 45 minutes and it's, you know, he's great and he does it with um his partner is really awesome. Like his name is it's John. 
but I can't remember his last name right now, but shout out to, that was pretty scary because they, um, they're fabulous and I love their reviews, but the genre of horror is so fascinating to me. And, and I like to be scared, but then on the other side of it, I don't like to have bad dreams. So, and I will, I will have bad dreams if I get too scared, but I do like the genre of horror movies. And if you think about it, like my favorite, one of my favorite movies of all time is Jaws, which I consider to be like, like a horror movie. I've never even seen it. (gasps) Never even seen it. It's, like, okay, so first of all, Cape Cod's like a half hour from here, so like too <laughs> close for comfort. I would never go in the water again. But I don't my I can't spend my free time doing stuff that's going to make me stressed or sad or scared because I have so little free time and I just want to be happy during it. <laughs> so like I just don't I just can't. And it's <sighs> funny you said you don't like to have bad dreams. I don't have dreams. I'm like one of those people where like I fall asleep and I wake up and nothing happened in between. There's no dream there. So it's not about being afraid I'll have a nightmare. It's just literally in that moment. I just don't want to be scared. (laughs) Like I just don't want it. Well, so aside from the horror factor of Jaws being in the water with the giant shark, mechanical shark who I think sank to the bottom on the first day of filming. Um, (laughs) It was terrible. There's only like 10 minutes of shark in the whole entire movie. So that whole movie is just suspense because the shark was, (laughs) it bit the dust so, so early on, but the story and the acting in that movie is really beautiful. Um, Same thing with Halloween. So I think um, Michael Myers is actually only on screen, like, like, 12 minutes or 13 minutes. I mean, it's really, you you just have the feeling that he's there, which to me, Halloween is probably one of the greatest horror films ever made. The original with Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, I think that films like Halloween films like trick or treat, which isn't a great horror movie. Like uh, people would argue with me, (laughs) Um, but it kind of talks about trick or treat traditions and things like that. But I love that whole genre, like scream. I mean, you know, that's all about, it's all about Halloween and horror and costumes and all that. But anyway, so I, I do I do like horror movies, but I do think that they have kind of helped create this convergence of Halloween and culture and religion and evil. Like I think that some, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot like the evil dead or the exorcist, which I cannot watch. I cannot watch the anything that's religious and like your head spinning around because the devil's inside you can't watch that can't wa- can't watch anything like that that kind of that kind of horror I can't I can't do it um I, I find it absolutely terrifying to think about Satan in the body of a 10 year old um that would be so so terrifying but the evil Halloween and the evil thing kind of came about you know with the All Saints Day and with Samhain and fear of the supernatural so mm-hmm. you know if you believe in spirits which you and I were talking about this earlier I think maybe yesterday yeah. uh-huh. so I 100% believe in ghosts and spirits and you are on the fence I yeah so I'm like a I don't I, I'm like a let's let's walk the line type of person. I think I told you, you know, I'm not overly religious. I kind of am religious in the sense of like, well, just in case at the end, I'll just like play it safe <laughs> and be like, sure, maybe. Um, and I don't, I would say up until a few years ago, I didn't believe in ghosts or people who said they were like a psychic medium or whatever. I was like, no, that's not real. You're just being scammed. Um, 
But a couple of years ago, my mom and my aunt, and it's funny because when my mom listens to this, hi, mom, she's going to say, I don't remember that. And I'm going to be like, well, I don't know what to tell you, but you did this thing. Um, <laughs> but Parents' asked, memories are so convenient. Yeah. But she, um, I had asked her what the, she went to a medium. My mom and my aunt went to a medium and I had asked my mom who the medium was. And she's like, oh, I don't remember. And I was like, how do you not remember this crazy thing that happened to you? But I guess she didn't really pay that much attention to it. Um, so they went to a medium and while they were there, the medium was talking to my mother and she said, oh, there's a man coming through. He's pretty tall. He has blue eyes. Um, he says his name is Ray. Do you know him? And my mom was like, oh, yeah, that would be my father-in-law because my dad's dad um, passed away when I was only six months old. So I was the only grandchild he ever met. I have no recollection of him, obviously. I was only six months <laughs> old. Right. And so – and he passed away like eons ago. So – my mom was like, oh, the lady was like, okay, so he's, you know, he's, he wants you to know that he's here and he is with you guys. And she's like, I don't know what this means though, but he's holding a birthday cake with one candle on it. And I don't know what, she's like, I, he's, he's not telling me what that is, but he just wants you to know that he knows. And literally it was my son's first birthday like that week, which is just like, I was the only grandchild that he had met. And then he came through to my mom holding a birthday cake with one candle the week of my son's first birthday. And so I was like, Oh my God, like that is bonkers. Like that is wild. How could you not believe after you hear something like that? That's just ridiculous. Right. That may, and that's not something like I was telling you before, I was always skeptical and I was like, Oh, you know, they probably look people's name up online. They figure out, you know, they look for an obituary or something like, you know, I was, I was previously very cynical about all this stuff. There's no way anybody and my mom said they only booked using her first name. So like there was no last names involved, but even if somebody had gone through all that legwork, there's no way they could have gotten that accurate of a detail that this man who died 34 years ago now had a grandson whose birthday it was, you know what I mean? Like there's no way. And I was just like, okay, all right. Okay. Like, I don't know. I don't have an explanation for it. I guess I have to, believe that that happened because it's just like wild to me so I guess I believe now in that stuff (laughs) I think you do it sounds like you do I've had multiple experiences where I've seen ghosts felt ghosts heard ghosts or had friends that have okay are you like haunted no do you live in a haunted house (laughs) why do I just I think I'm just really open to that kind of stuff. And I think if you believe in it and if it's something that, you know, kind of resides in your unconsciousness or whatever, you you can you're you're more susceptible to seeing it. Um, I I had a friend who died when I was in my 20s um, and she she came and sat on my chest like three days after her funeral and was like oh, you know really really upset and there were a lot of circumstances and and whatever but um she did not want to go and she was just letting everybody know that she was you know 
and, and this didn't like go. send you I would have sent myself right to a hospital if that happened to me oh my god <laughs> I would have been like all right this is I don't know what to do here no I just did what I could to to help her move along how did you yeah how did you like if something like that happened to me even if it was someone I loved so much I would feel terrified I think like how did you feel like how, what how did what, um, what's the reaction when a felt, ghost visits it, you? It felt normal to me. It was not, it didn't freak me out at all. I was like, okay, like I get it. Like you, you're, you have some issues and you need to, uh, you want to move along and, and I get that. And, you know, I did, I did what I needed to do to help facilitate that. But I've had many, many friends, um, and relatives and, uh, there's, it's called, um, Oh, and I think they talked about it. Uh, I think I read about it. It's called the veil over the eyes when you can kind of see the undead and um, or have that kind of capability um, where you're seeing without seeing. Basically, there's a veil over your eyes. You see without seeing. And my grandfather, uh, who was born and raised in Natchitoches, Louisiana, um, had that kind of veil over his eyes. And he had um, people who worked in his household in his home and they they always talked about the fact that he had that ability to see without seeing um i know I it's like kind of it. i know it it's kind of freaky does it well out. yeah well there's no ghosts in my house right now i can tell you okay. about it. there's it's pretty clean good. yeah there's there's so, nothing here did you used to watch that show long island medium um no i never watched it Okay, I feel like that would have been right up your alley. I used to watch Long Island Medium. It was a good time. <laughs> and she would say that she had like very, very bad anxiety for a very, very long time. And she had no idea what it was from. Like she just, anytime she had to go into like a crowded place or the grocery store or something, she would just be so anxious the whole time. And then she had some experience where like she called it spirit, like spirit talked through her at one of those times. And then she realized that all the anxiety she was always feeling in these very crowded spaces was like all of the spirit, like trying to come through her because she was a medium. And so like the spirit would kind of, you know, like sense like, Oh, this person can help me like get my message out. And so they would all like kind of, I was going to say attack, but not in a bad way. They would just like, they were drawn to her and that physical feeling to her was anxiety not a peaceful feeling until she learned how to like deal with it and channel it and kind of, you know, keep them waiting in an orderly line, like one by one type of situation, I guess. Um, but I'm surprised you never watched that show. Cause I would have thought that that would have been right up your alley. No, but she sounds like Otome Brown from ghost with Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore. Did you ever see that? Of course I didn't know. I'm the person where anytime you say, did you see that movie? I'm going to say no. <laughs> I'm very sorry. Do you not like movies? Have we not had this talk? Like, oh, I don't understand yeah, no. what's happening right now. I don't. Um, Can we just have a quick sidebar? What the hell? Sidebar. <laughs> I, so like, okay, my husband is such a movie, like loves the movies. He, his favorite thing to do is like go to the movie theater and he wants to have like cinematic adventures, he calls them. And he wants to see every movie. Him. Like, he loves movies. Same. I will watch a movie kind of half paying attention if I have nothing else to do. But I don't like going to the movie theater because I feel 
trapped, but also it's like, oh, I can't pause. Like if I have to go get a new snack or use the bathroom or something, like now I have to like, I'm going to miss a minute of it. And you have to like walk past all the people. Like it's just so much of a hassle to go to the movie theater. And then at home, it's like, oh, do you want to watch a movie? It's like, do I want to be trapped on the couch for two hours or do I have other stuff I could do? I'm going to do other stuff. Like, do I want to watch four episodes of a half hour show or one movie? I want to watch four episodes of a show. <laughs> I'm not sure we can be friends. Like, I'm not <laughs> sure we can be friends. I'm going to have to go back and think about it now. It's like changed my whole, like my whole life just shifted. You, like, you can get past it. I promise it'll be hard, but Chuck managed to get past it and you can too. Because otherwise I think I'm a, I'm an okay, I'm an okay person, <laughs> but movies are not my fave. I'm gonna have to go to therapy about it and really work through that. Like, <laughs> sorry, everything. I'm sorry. Everything send me the I bill. Ever believed, I will send you the bill. You don't want the bill. You know, you you truly do not want the bill. Um, so anyway, yes, I totally believe in spirits and ghosts and all that. And I have you know relatives that are very um, pragmatic and practical and never believed in any of this stuff. And then one day saw someone standing in a graveyard who was completely dead and was like, Oh my God. Um, so I think that it can happen to anybody. Yeah. She was totally freaked out. She was like, there I was standing in the graveyard, looked over and there he was. And I was like, wait a second, he's dead. Um, so yeah. So I think it's so creepy. I know. See, I think it's kind of amazing. Um, it gives me, it is, it is amazing. As long as you're only visited by like good people. People that you are happy to be seeing. Right. right. So much truth right there. Yeah. Because if you, if someone who is malevolent, evil, or otherwise uh, too spunky, um, too, spunky. Atta- <laughs> too spunky, attaches themselves to you, it can be difficult to shake that off. And yeah. there's a whole whole bunch of stuff that has to happen. Okay. I think we have digressed a bit. So let's circle, bit, yeah. let's circle back. Um, so, But this anyway, is a good segue how- into the satanic panic that you have in your notes right oh yes um so let me get to the satanic panic because i will say this is um i wanted to talk a little bit about how halloween as a brand um kind of had a little bit of a breakdown um (laughs) let me get that's what we're all about here breakdowns yeah that's right and and how we don't love a happy uh, ending (laughs) We don't, although there is a happy ending for Halloween, I will say. So I think I mentioned a little bit earlier that during the Great Depression, um, it, there was a there was a big decrease in the Halloween celebrations. And during that time, there was a ton of vandalism, a ton of pranks. And um, so communities just uh, started. That's where kind of the parades and community events started happening to make uh, Halloween more community centered so that you could kind of... Um, uh, ward off those sort of vandalisms and things that were happening. So um, the Great Depression was sort of where we saw a decline in um, Halloween as as we know it for a little while. And then in World War II, which wasn't that long after that, there wasn't a lot of availability of candy and other goods that were commonly associated with Halloween. Um, there was sugar rationing. Um, in fact, I was just listening to a song um, yesterday. There's a channel on... Um, Spotify. Well, no, it's on XM. It's the 40s channel. Do you listen to 40s music? You probably don't. Not much. Um, No. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, it's really lovely. And there was a song on there that was, it was all about rationing in the 40s. It was, I think it was called 
something like, and that was rationing, or then we had to ration or something like that. But that's kind of what happened with Halloween in the, in the um, 40s is there was sugar rationing. So they couldn't hand out sweets. So, you know, not only the hundreds of thousands of good people that died, but um, the lack of sugar uh, <laughs> impacted Halloween during that time. Um, then in the 60s and 70s, and you were not alive during this time, but I was alive in the 70s, late 70s, um, a bunch of urban legends and myths kind of began circulating about Halloween. Like there were stories of like razors and poison candy and um, all these things, which I don't really know if any of those things actually ever happened. But um, you had, yeah, so, but you had to be really careful what kind of, you know, you'd have to bring your candy home and show it to your mom and she'd look for razor blades and apples. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Cause I was, I was like a nineties kid, but my parents grew up in the, my parents were born in the early sixties and like, we still had to bring our candy home and get it checked. And I wonder, I wonder if it's cause like, that's what happened when they were kids. And so like the rate, like the razor blades and candy, I'm like, yeah, that's a thing, right? Like that one has persisted. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. You'll have to ask your parents because it started in the 60s. That whole razor blade thing started in the 60s. And I remember, I know. (laughs) And I remember in the 80s, um, you know, having to take the candy home and laughing about whether or not we'd have razor blades when we were, you know, eating Snickers bars, um, which were amazing. I love a Snickers bar. So then that gave way to the satanic panic, which we were talking about earlier. And that was in the 80s and the early 90s. And there was just this persistent fear and, and, and honestly, like a moral panic over uh, satanic ritual abuse. And I remember there, <laughs> this is so dumb. There is a, um, there is a house near me, up kind of in, on a mountain and it had these little pans, you know, like the God pan, um, no, and some gargoyle. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, a God um, pan? Like God, like pan, like the God pan. You don't know, you don't know who the God pan is? We don't have, is? oh, the like Greek God pan with like yeah, the legs yes, and like, okay, yes, okay, yes. okay. I thought you meant like, you know, a God pan, like a cooking <laughs> pan. And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I was like, what do you people it's do a, down there? It's it's a Southern thing. Everybody's got a God pan. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. You're like, there's this house with a God pan. I'm like, I don't know. Uh, not here. Not here. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> um, it's not a Southern thing. It's a Greek thing. It's a Greek thing. Uh, or Roman. <laughs> but, oh, my God. And it's nothing to do with cooking, so that's I, good. Okay, wait a second. Hashtag God pan. We're inventing that right now. That's happening. Yeah. <laughs> we are going to trademark that. literally was it. just like, and you looked so serious, and <laughs> you were just like, you know, a God pan. And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> oh my god, that's so amazing! Uh, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna re- repeat this story often and, and uh, <laughs> again. So a god, pa- the god Pan, and I'm not even sure he was an actual god. He might have been like a he's like Hercules's like a, like little buddy like in a, the Disney movie, like a demigod or um, something like that. But anyway, they this this big giant house on the top of this mountain near where I lived had 
pan the god or pan the demigod or pan the he was like full of mischief pan pan did mischievous things and there were some gargoyles like at the at the headstones of um of this this place and everyone thought it was satanic so this was in the 80s and 90s during this kind of satanic panic and they boy people were awful to the the lovely people that live there they did all kinds of terrible things but anyway you know, if it was like a pan with God in it, that would make sense about why they were so like <laughs> thinking it was satanic. That I think that's how I like got there because we were talking about satanic stuff. And I was like, they're cooking God. Like, I don't understand. Oh, <laughs> okay. oh God. I'd be right. much more likely to cook the devil. Um. Oh, oh my God. So <laughs> did you do that? Yes. <laughs> Has it been done? So- Yeah. So during this time, so early 80s for me, when I was little, little, um, you know, my grandfather would tell us that, you know, the devil lived under the ground. So um, he would let me, which, by the way, nobody would do this now. He would let me go into his kitchen and get out a mason jar. I don't know. Do you even have those up north? Yes, we have um, mason jars. (laughs) Pinterest made its way up here. So we have them. (laughs) So he would give me a mason jar and let me go through all my grandmother's chemicals underneath the sink. What the hell? And and I would pour like, (laughs) so safe. And I would pour like Comet and um, bleach and like all this stuff like together in a little mason jar. And then I would go up. Yeah. Uh, and I was like six or five because he died when I was like seven. So yeah, anyway, because he was mixing chemicals in the kitchen like it was fine. <laughs> he he would take me out in the backyard and say, OK, now you need to kill the devil. <laughs> and so oh, we, would, um, we would dig a little hole and then I would pour this concoction down into the hole because I was going to kill the devil because you know up jumps the devil that's like a thing and I would pour it so the jump the devil would not yeah it's a southern thing up jumps the devil but anyway um it killed all the grass I think he was actually just trying to get you to do some like yard work and he really wanted you to aim for the weeds and you just were doing something different yeah I really really did not aim for the weeds I killed all the grass in the surrounding area but anyway so that that was all part of that satanic panic like I swear to god it totally swear to god it totally totally was anyway so um the imagery of witches and devils and the occult, all like religion, religious groups, conservative groups were all up in arms because they said it promoted Satanism and pagan practices, which P.S. Christianity borrows from paganism all the time, but whatever. Yeah. Um, it's and- funny because you said that at the beginning too. And like that's that was basically like Christian propaganda, right? Like how do we get these people that we've now conquered essentially on our side? Well, we'll take some of their customs, we'll wrap them up in Jesus and we'll <laughs> – sell them we'll rebrand it and we'll sell it back to them as our new thing that's just the same as their old thing and so then for people to get all you know say it's like paganism is bad it's like well it's literally all the same stuff actually i mean not literally all the same stuff but you know all the high holy holidays same ones that have been around for a millennia before Several millennia, several, several millennia. Um, Anyway, so that's kind of what happened with the satanic panic. And I remember um, I had a friend in the 90s whose little brother 
kind of went into a satanic cult. And I mean, I know we're digressing what? again and, and we'll come back. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not, I can't make that up. He was like 14. And I mean, that's when these young boys, boys just, yeah. Oh my God. God bless him. <laughs> my son's a teenage boy. And, and you know, they're, they're all borderline crazy, but anyway, <laughs> um, precious, love him, adorable, love to hug him. Sweetest kid, but like they're going through a lot when they're 13 and 14. Um, but her, her little brother kind of got sucked up into this cult and they had to like go rescue him and get like a, like almost like a hostage team and like pull him out. And then they had to, to do what's called, um, I think it's called deprogramming where they, he has to go into like all this therapy and be deprogrammed. That truly did happen. Um, and there was a couple of towns in, in like North Carolina that were kind of famously had satanic, um, roots and whatever. I'm not going to name the towns because I don't know that that was actually true. And I would never want to slant, uh, slander a, a lovely town in North Carolina, but there was all the rumors um, when I was mm-hmm. you know, younger that that was happening. But yeah, it was crazy. Her brother was like all caught up in it. So anyway, that was happening. I was totally nuts. So that was happening in the eighties and nineties. And then in the two early two thousands, September 11th obviously happened right before October. Like it was, obviously the, you know, one of the worst times in history for our country and um, Halloween as a result um, was very toned down Mm -hmm. during, during that time. Like there was, it was really, um, you know, not, in fact, I don't even remember celebrating Halloween during that time. Um, I'm sure I did, but it would have been much more low key because if I don't remember that maybe it didn't happen. Um, and then, um, the global recession in 20, you know, 2007 to 2007, 2008. Um, oh, you mean like right, right people- when I graduated college, that one, that, that fun <laughs> blip of time. That's, that's the one. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you were having a hard time finding a job. So you're like, screw it. I'm just going to start my own business. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. Well, so actually I I graduated early. So I graduated a semester early. So I graduated in January. So I was a little bit of ahead of the job searching group. So I found a job right out of college, actually. I was like one of the only one of my friends that did because everyone who graduated in May, out of luck, graduated a semester early, managed to find it wasn't a great job. I was answering phones at an IT company, which lovely company, but not (laughs) was not the dream. Um, but yeah. It's okay. I sold vacuum cleaner, cleaners for a hot minute. That happened. Really? Yeah. <laughs> for a day. For a day. <laughs> and then I was like, hmm. So th- you're trying to persuade this woman who lives in a like 900 square foot home to buy a $3,000 vacuum cleaner. <laughs> I don't Good think luck. I could. I have, I have so much moral outrage right now. <laughs> I cannot work for your company. And I just left. So I thought it was horrifying. But anyway, uh, although I like the vacuum cleaner. Um <laughs> So then, um, then in the last, you know, 20 years or so, there's been a whole lot of cultural sensitivity that's happened, you know, uh, mm-hmm. which I think is a wonderful thing, but it also has had significant ramifications on Halloween, uh, specifically where racial or ethnic groups are concerned um, to make sure that we are not dressing in things that are inappropriate or offensive or we're, you know, culturally appropriating um, other ethnicities 
ethnicities or races or groups. So there's been a lot of that. So that in some ways has influenced how people are dressing. I'm not sure it's actually tanked the brand in any way, but I do know that there are things that you absolutely cannot do now at Halloween, whereas 30 years ago, no one thought twice about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, when I was little, the movie Pocahontas came out. So that year uh, there was tons of little Native American girls running around and little like John Smith Pilgrim boys. I guess they weren't pilgrims, but you know, settlers. Like, I don't think I've seen a Native American trick-or-treat costume in a decade, you know, like you would. And like, I feel like that year when Pocahontas came out, every little girl was Pocahontas for Halloween. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was your favorite costume growing up that you had? Um, I, I remember one year I was a bride, so my mom got me. Like the bride of Frankenstein? (laughs) Well, the next, so one year I was a bride. I had like a big white dress and a veil. And then the next year I was the bride of Frankenstein. And so my mom got me the bride of Frankenstein wig and we like put some red paint on the dress and like tore it up a little bit. Um, And then that's kind of like that, for some reason, that's like the Halloween costume that sticks out in my brain. From when I was a kid, I went trick-or-treating every single year. Like, even when I was in mm-hmm. high school, my friends and I would be like, we'd stick some cat ears on and be like, we're cats. Give us candy. Um, and in college one year, I was a cave woman, and I was a <laughs> fallen angel one year for mm-hmm. Halloween. Um, but Halloween in college was like, that was a full-time job. It was Halloween, and we it was like every single night. You had to go and you had to have a different costume because you're going to see the same people. And like, oh, oh my God, it was like exhausting. <laughs> but the cave woman expensive. One, well, the cave woman costume was literally one of my sorority sisters and I went to like Walmart to the fabric section and just got some leopard print fabric and just like wrapped it around ourselves and like hot glued it closed. And we were like, ta-da, a costume. And we got like dog bones and put them in our hair. <laughs> and we were like, here it is. This is the most we can do. And like. It counts. That's awesome. That's a great costume. For me, it was Wonder Woman. I think <clears throat> I think we talked about this at some point. Um, I had on, uh, it was Linda Carter as Wonder Woman, by the way, not Gal Gadot. Um, and I wore uh, my mom's underwear in her long <laughs> boots. <laughs> and it was like, hi, mom. Think, <laughs> hi, mom. I think they were like red underwear. They were either, it was whatever Linda Carter had on the bottom. It was either red or blue. And then one of her bras that I stuffed. <laughs> Um, I think that I looked like Madonna during like one of those videos that she has the bra on. That was, I'm sure looking amazing because back in those days, like you didn't really buy your costume. Like you made it. Like my mom was not buying me a costume other than like a ghost sheet or something like that. She was like, yeah, you gotta make that stuff, girl. So I made a Wonder Woman costume and then I got the tin foil out. And I made the little, you know, the head thing. And then I made the, the lasso and the oh, arm bracelets. Good I job. amazing in underwear and boots. <laughs> it was, <laughs> and it your was mom's classy. bra. <laughs> yeah, it's classy with a K. Those good times. Um, anyway, so uh, then COVID. Oh, my God, COVID. COVID tanked. What Halloween. didn't COVID ruin? <laughs> like, Oh God. Can we just do a whole podcast on the brand of COVID? Cause holy crap. You know, um, I have one silver lining from COVID. It's the weirdest thing. I hope it was a baby. I hope it was a baby. It was, it was a baby. Oh, okay. My son well, was born at the beginning of COVID and he was born premature 
and IUGR, so super tiny. He looked like a chicken wing when he was born. And he should have, in normal times, they would have sent him to the NICU. But because it was COVID times, they didn't want babies like exposed. So they kept him in our room and we just had a bunch of doctors coming in and out. But so we didn't have to do like NICU time and we didn't have to pay NICU bills. So there we go. One COVID (laughs) silver lining. Yeah, so I think you're the only one with a COVID silver lining. We will definitely save that story for another day, but COVID was not my favorite. No, um, it was not. COVID was not good to you. Yeah, and it did tank Halloween. Uh, one of my besties has this big Halloween party every um, year, and I think she definitely did not have it that year. She had some other extenuating circumstances, but there was no, like that was the end of that Halloween party. And it used to be so, it was so much fun. Like we'd have like 20 kids and we'd all go trick or treating together and we'd go in the whole neighborhood and it was so much fun. And then COVID really, you know, tanked it for everybody, but yeah. it kind of, it kind of came back. I think um, all we did that the, during the COVID years, like we just, we like got the kid a costume. I mean, I had two kids during the COVID years, but one of them was like, four months old but we got them costumes but like we just like we took them to my parents house then we took them to my aunt's house then we took them to my grandmother's house you know like we didn't go trick-or-treating we just went visiting with them dressed up in costumes to be like right look how cute my kid is but my kid didn't my older son didn't go trick-or-treating I think last year was like his first big oh no the year before was his first big trick-or-treating year because that was the first time in like his whole life that we were able to like actually go mingle with people (laughs) yeah it was it was crazy so i would say that halloween rock bottomed in covid would be what i would say because i would say (laughs) like canceled overall it it was totally canceled and honestly so the next year when people stopped wearing masks as much and it began to come back so that would have been 2021 Mm -hmm. um but then I feel like last year it was fully back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, 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 that's that's how I feel because I think last year uh, about like there was like a 67% increase. And then this year they expect a 79% increase in kind of Halloween participation. And I think that's as as it's related to what's happened in the last few years. So it has definitely rebounded. Mm-hmm. Um, and come back maybe, maybe to some, for some people even stronger, you know, because we had such a lack of community <laughs> in COVID yeah. in, in so many ways that Halloween really kind of gives itself a community feel like there, we, our neighborhood has the cutest little Halloween parties and, you know, everybody goes around and it's really sweet and that'll happen again this year. Um, mm-hmm. although lots of sick people wandering around right now, yeah. um, as you know, I know I that you know. Do. Yeah. Our um, house is just a germ factory. So <laughs> we're all sick. Yeah, I, I know. I hate that for you. It's preschoolers. Um, I know I keep complaining about the preschoolers, but like I the mask years at school, I did not get sick one time when my kid wore a mask to preschool. And then during his second year of preschool, they took the mask off. And then I got sick every five minutes. And I'm like, could we... Like maybe put those back on just for my convenience, <laughs> so I stop catching a cold every two and a half weeks. Oh, I know my my husband's got a cold right now, and I know he picked it up at work because I work from home, and I don't, you know, I mean, he could easily give me his cold, but 
I don't get sick like he does. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, and I'm sure we're just the recipients of these terrible gifts. (laughs) Aren't we though? Aren't we the, the recipients of these lovely gifts? Um, so anyway, so I think I would say like, you know, Halloween is a brand, it kind of comes and goes like it's, you know, um, but I think it's pretty much, if you look at it from an industry standard, from the uh, 10 billion to 15 billion, it probably generates per year. I, I don't think it's going anywhere. I think it's here to stay. Um, and hopefully, you know, we're beyond things like satanic panics and God <laughs> forbid, God forbid we have another freaking pandemic. Um, but we couldn't I'm, possibly, I'm not... I feel like. Oh, really? We, Can you please I just, just bite your tongue right now? Is there any wood in I the know, house? Sorry, Good sorry. God almighty. Knocking on all the wood. My bad. Oh, oh my you know what? God. I'll just edit that part out. We won't even put it into the universe. Oh, oh, holy crap. Um, but anyway, so uh, that's everything I got for Halloween. And I hope that if you knew all that, I hope you were entertained again, hearing it um, for a for a second or third or 50th time. And if you didn't know all that, I hope you learned something. So um, we look I forward to you did. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad you learned something. Uh, we look forward to uh, dropping at least one more episode uh, about Harry and Meghan. And then we're going to move on to our next brand. And we'll let you guys know what that is coming up in the next episode. So you guys take, t- take care and have a happy and safe Halloween. <laughs>